I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, as usual. Liam or at the FSA tweets on Twitter. Um, as you can see, no Rich on the pod this week. So unfortunately, he is um, not feeling the best today. So we will be um, going at it alone at the moment. So we are sticking with the theme that we've been doing for the past few weeks, which is around the league in four pods. And this week, we're visiting the last remaining um, divisions. We've got the North, so we've got the NFC and the AFC North um, to talk through. So today, um, we'll start off in the NFC, as we have done for the entire of this, um, this series now. We'll start off with the Bears. Um, I Just so you listen you listeners are aware I have Rich's players that he wanted to speak about. So I'll share my thoughts about um, his players. Unfortunately, I have no notes for him. 
Um, so I can't share what he has. Um, but I start with Rich's player for the Bears, and that is Khalil Herbert. Now, he's a guy that I know Rich has been massively on for the entire of this offseason. Um, he is a guy that you're probably getting past round 10. Um, he's currently going as the RB54 in DLF August ADP. Um, I think that he's an absolutely great player to try and pick up, especially in that range. Um, he just he showed what he could do when um, David Montgomery went down last year. Now, the issue is Montgomery is still there this year. Um, so for redraft, he's probably not going to be doing much. And for this year, he's probably not going to be showing a lot um, unless Montgomery does go down again. But if for whatever reason, Montgomery goes down for a good portion of this season, Khalil Herbert has shown that he can step up and step into that running back one role. Now, with the future, because we're a dynasty pod, we're having to think about the future as well. Herbert, I I struggle with his dynasty value to an extent. I think he's a good and um, he's a good value right now at RB fifty four, but I just don't see him ever becoming that running back to kind of role where you're starting him week to week. I think his issue is the draft capital that he, compared to what he's shown isn't a lot. Um enough to it's basically not enough to warrant a um team to go and basically give him all the load the flip side to that is the bears are in a complete rebuild and they haven't brought anyone in on offense really they spent a few picks on linesmen uh, they brought in alex leatherwood off waivers from the uh cut down to 53 man rosters last week um so herbert he he's got no competition right now, but who's to say that doesn't change next year with even a fourth round pick? Um, that's where I'm kind of worrying with Herbert. And then going into the future, um, even beyond um, next season, I think that Herbert is struggling to keep up um, and maintain a solid role. Um, I think that his, his upside is only ever going to be a 1A, 1B role, probably where he's the 1B. And then potentially gets that whole backfield to himself when an injury comes along. Um, Montgomery is gone at the end of this season from the Bears, or he's not, at least not under contract. Um, so that could signal that they are moving more towards Herbert. Um, and I think that's where Rich would have wanted to go with this conversation. But equally, I don't think that Herbert long-term is going to um, be what, you really want um, from a running back. I do think that he's going to be easily replaced. Moving on to my player. So for the Bears, I've got Justin Fields. Now, he's a guy that Rich isn't massively um, keen on because the Bears aren't building around him. And I kind of fell into that thought process this um, offseason and kind of started to sour on him. And then in the past few weeks, I've started to regain what I thought about Fields. I think he's an immensely talented guy. Um, there were talk about um, Fields. Obviously, this wasn't consensus because Trevor Lawrence was going the 101, but there was some talk around Fields being that 101 in that class. I had them both extremely close. and I think I did have Fields 
as the QB1 in that class, but it was very coin flip based. Um, I could have taken either one. But I think what the Giants, oh, sorry, not the Giants, what the Bears are doing is basically creating a clean slate this year. Um, I saw a stat that the Bears have the most cap space going into next year at this current moment in time. I think they've got just under 100 million in cap room um, in the 2023 season. If that doesn't scream that they're going to be rebuilding and they're going to be building pieces for fields in the future years, then I don't know what does. Um, They've got room to bring in um, guys in free agency. They've got drafts that they can also do that on. I was surprised that they didn't bring anyone in for fields this year. Um, Well, they brought in Velas Jones, but it's Velas Jones where you're expecting a team to bring in, especially in the third round. Um, I personally didn't, and I wish that they brought in a bit more. He's still got Darnell Mooney, who a lot of people are high on, but I think that's more down to the opportunity rather than the um, than the long-term value there. And Cole Komet, again, I think is a very similar situation where people are probably looking at the opportunity because the lack there of targets in that offense um but fields is a guy that i've kind of come back towards and at qb16 i think that's priced about right um i'm not quite sure what his outlook is going to be for this year so i'm not buying um i think that there'll be a buy window if the bears don't do well which a lot of people don't think they're going to do well uh, myself included. So I think that there's going to be a buy window at the end of this year when uh, the the Bears don't do well and therefore Fields won't do as well. Um, but that rushing upside is st- still there, obviously. Moving on to the Lions then. We've got um, Rich's player, which is Jared Goff, QB 30 in um, ADP. I think with Goff, he is significantly undervalued for the production that he's going to bring this year but next year you've got all those questions because we we don't know what what the lions are going to look at doing they've built that offense a little bit now they've got chark they've got um jameson williams that they brought in this year they've got a, a decent if not good o-line and now they've got um and um, they've still got swift and amon ross and brown and um Jamal Williams, if you really want to go that deep. I think with all of these pieces, Jared Goff is going to do really well. So if you've got him as a QB3, that's great. And I don't think he's going to be out of a job. I think he's one of those quarterbacks, kind of like what we talked about with um, Baker Mayfield a few weeks ago, where I, I think that Jared Goff is going to be a quarterback that is always going to be a start or is going to be a starter for a long time. It just might not be with the Lions and that scares a lot of people, which is understandable. But at the same time, if you can get Jared Goff for a second in Superflex League as a, as a third quarterback that is probably going to be starting for the next three years, I'd say, then that is a move I'm making every day of the week because you always need that QB3 or even a QB4 in Superflex uh, for those bye weeks and potential injuries. I mean, look at the past few years, you had Dak Prescott and um, Joe Burrow both go down, some other elite guys. You've had 
Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray get injured for games here and there. You need that QB3 option or even the QB4 option um, in in any team that you're competing with. Moving over to my player, you've got um, Amon Rasen Brown. He is polarizing is the way I'm going to put it now. I wasn't huge on him coming out. I like the name. I think everyone likes the name. But I wasn't huge on him coming out. Rich, again, um, fourth round or, or day three wide receivers don't matter. So Rich wasn't overly high on him in terms of the whole um, draft capital piece. I don't know how he did in the rookie model, unfortunately. But when I look specifically at the season last year, rather than taking into account um, any other variables like draft capital, Amon Rawa is really good. And I'm going to start this by saying I'm not in on Amon Ross and Brown at price. He's priced currently wide receiver 25. I think that's a little high, um, little a little rich for me. I'm going to reel off some stats and it's going to sound like I'm hyping him up, but you'll see why in a second. So in weeks 13 to 18, where Amon Ross and Brown really took off after his very first uh, breakout, I suppose, game, which is week 13, um, he was the wide receiver two, not a wide receiver two, so top 24. He was literally the wide receiver two, and he was only short of Cook. Uh, Cooper Cup by 11.2 points, which isn't a lot in terms of um, during a, a seven game stretch or a six game stretch. Sorry, he averaged more than guys like Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel during that stretch as well. But my concern when it comes to Amon Rice and Brown is whether he can do it again. Is he going to be one of those guys? like a cam makers but with a bigger sample size where he has shown that he can do it but does he ever do it again and obviously acres still has a lot left in his career you'd expect that but he's kind of that guy that is the the one that's brought up a lot with small sample sizes amon rice and brown even though it's not as small as cam acres sample size i think that Amon Rice and Brown is kind of a guy that I'm shying away from. He's obviously got the talent, but my concern comes down to where, when he kind of broke out. He broke out in week 13, which is in the week where TJ Hawkinson, who was on top target for gets last season, he... Amar Rice and Brown broke out in the week where Hawkinson got injured and didn't play for the rest of the season. So he did that He did that great stretch where he was the wide receiver too in a stretch where he had no other targets because there was no TJ Hawkinson. DeAndre Swift, he didn't play from weeks 13 to 16. So yes, Swift was around in week 17 and 18, but that was already after... Amon Rice and Brown essentially was this new movable piece that became a focal point of the offense because there was no one else. Remember, at the start of the season, they were th- Goff was throwing balls to guys like Quentin Cephas, um, Khalif Raymond ended up being a waiver wide pickup, Josh Reynolds a little bit as well. 
all of these guys that are now after afterthoughts in the wide receiver depth room there, the they were the main target. So Amon Ra had to step up. And I'm not taking anything away from the fact that Amon Rasen Brown did actually step up. He did a great job while he had that opportunity. But equally, he had no other like no other um competition. I think it's a combination of a rookie getting hot and getting acclimated into the league, also with that opportunity being there. With Jamison, um, Jamison Williams and DJ Chart being signed slash drafted, um, and then a healthy Hawkinson, a healthy Swift. I don't think that Amon Rosson Brown is going to be the focal point of that offense to the extent that he was last year. Remember, this guy was getting snaps uh, directly to him. He was getting snaps in the backfield. He was getting and jet motions, everything was basically based around him. If there was a play that wasn't based on Amon Ross and Brown, it was taking the defense by shock. It was that much of a focal point for the Lions last year. Now with these four guys that they've added in or have got back healthy, as in Jameson Williams, DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson and Swift, I really struggle with the whole... Amon Rosson Brown's going to be a great wide receiver. I don't think he's going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to repeat what he has done previously. Another stat that I have on Amon Rosson Brown quickly before I move on. In the split where TJ Hawkinson and Amon Rosson Brown played together, he scored 8.4 fantasy points. Now that does include at the start of the season, but what I also don't like from this split is out of the split where TJ Hawkinson didn't play. Amon Russell Brown play or got 25 PPR points. And as an average over those five games, what the reason I don't like it is obviously it was great that he played or played and did extremely well in those games, but he also showed that during that time where TJ Hawkinson was there, he wasn't that target. And again, it just worries me, but I thought I'd throw some stats out. Um let's over let's move over to uh my Packers that um coming over to London in October. So start with my player this time. I've chosen Christian Watson. His ADP has actually dropped. Um, I believe it was like wide receiver 48 last month, and he's now the wide receiver 52. I think a little buy window opened, and I think it's probably shut now by the time this pod goes out because he's looking likely for week one, or he's, he's hopeful for week one, which means that the injury that he's been dealing with during training camp, um, most likely he's gone. If he does play and has a bad game, I don't think people are going to worry too much about Watson. So I don't think there's the, the buy window opening again. I think if you're buying him now, is probably the time to do it. Um, I was trying to buy him in the tra- in training camp when the um, reports came out that he was injured and not playing, uh, not training. So I'm expecting a slow start from Watson. That's why I don't. I'm not worrying about him um, playing in week one. I think 
weeks four to five is probably where I'm expecting him to start picking up a bit. Um, but with that offense, I'm expecting Aaron Jones and uh, Robert Tunyon to be a massive part in that game, um, which potentially could open a door for Christian Watson when he does play, if he is playing. Um, in that offense, I think that Watson is the play um, long term. I know that people are massive on Dobbs right now. Dobbs, sorry. Um, but I don't see Romeo Dobbs being that long-term option. Um, I want him to be. He's got a great name. and But I just yeah, I, I just can't get behind Dobbs right now when Christian Watson was essentially a two second-round picks, not, not, not just a single one. They used two second-round picks because they had to trade up to get him early in the second. Um, and they were trying to get him in the first. That's another thing that people seem to forget about Watson. So um, I know that Watson is kind kind of polarizing right now a little bit, not as much as some other players. But um, right now, I, I think Watson's a good buy, um, especially if you're rebuilding. Moving over to Richie's player, we've got Aaron Jones next. Now, Aaron Jones running back 15 in Dynasty. I think that's a little cheap for what he's going to do for you in the next two seasons. He's under contract for the Packers, but as me and Rich have spoken a lot um, about, he could be cut this year, he could be cut next year. Um, Either or, I think that Aaron Jones is a great producer over the next few years, regardless of whether he's on the Packers or not. I think with um, Green Bay's cap situation next year, we need to do something. Um, I don't know whether that is Aaron Jones, but I also can see it being him. I wouldn't be surprised. So if so, then I can see Aaron Jones being a great back somewhere else in the league. But equally, if he stays with the Packers, he is going to produce another top 10 season. Um and I say another because he's been a, a top producer at the running back position for the past few years. Um, since the free Aaron Jones hashtag died off because they actually freed him. So I think that Aaron Jones is a guy to kind of buy, especially if you're in a win now situation, because if you're looking at a two, three year window, I think that he's got that for the full three years. Um I don't think that he's losing it anytime soon and he's probably being valued right now as if he's going to drop off and lose it after this year um, or that he's a massive unknown this year or going into next year, sorry. Moving on to the Vikings as the last team in the NFC North. Um, I'll start again with my place. That's Dalvin Cook. He's a guy that I don't really know what to do with. I think he's valued too highly in terms of that running back situation. Um, right now, he's completely completely unknown. I, I think we've got an issue in Dynasty right now where you've got um, a top five or six running backs that are quality backs that are going to be stable for the future, maybe excluding CMC or probably excluding CMC. But after that kind of tier has gone, so after Brace Hall, uh, Javante Williams, whoever you've got after running back six or seven, when you start getting into the Dalvin Cooks, the Alvin Kamara range, 
uh, Nick Chubb, who we're going to speak about a little later on. Guys like that, I don't really know what to do with because they're all running, oh, they're all 26 or older. They're all coming to the end of contracts for extensions or could be cut at any point during their extensions. And it's all a mess right now. And that's what I mean by the issue in Dynasty is that's why everything has moved over to. So two years ago, you were looking at grabbing any one of these guys, if not multiple of them, as your running backs in the first two rounds. Whereas now, you're probably looking at more of a wide receiver heavy build rather than two, three years ago when you were looking at a running back heavy build. With, um, or as a, as when I say looking at those, they were the norm builds. Um, looking at Dalvin Cook specifically, his contract is extremely unstable. He could be cut at any point um, after this year. So he's got seven to 11 million um, cap saving next year the Viking is due if they do cut him depending on whether it's a pre or post uh, June 1st designation and then you're looking at 12.5 in uh, mill cap space uh, created by releasing him in 2024 or 13.5 mil in 2025 so he is under contract for three years but each of those three years are unstable so I think he's a year to year commodity and at any point he could drop off. We've seen the injuries with Dalvin Cook. That was his biggest question mark um, over the past few years. So even though he is a top producer at RB8 right now, I think he's way more risky than people are giving him credit for. Um, and I think that people think he's a lot more stable. Maybe they're seeing the three-year um, the, the three-year contract or three years left on contract and assuming that that's all going to be fine and he's going to be uh, running back in the Vikings in in Minnesota for three more years, but I don't know whether he is. Um, they've got Madison there, so maybe they look at moving. I know that there's been trade talk around Madison, but maybe uh, instead of getting rid of Madison, they'll get rid of Cook or vice versa. Um and then they could bring someone in at any point during that time anyway. So I think Cook is a lot more risky than people are giving him credit for. Still think he's a great producer, going to be a top 5'10 back um, this year when healthy. But equally, going forward, he's currently 27 as well. So that that is another thing that I'm confused about right now. I think that people are seeing that next range that I spoke about with Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. I think all of those guys... You're just picking who you like, and I think a lot more people are liking Dalvin Cook right now than some of the other guys. Um, Rich's player for the Vikings was KJ Osborne, wide receiver 73 in ADP. Um, unfortunately, I have no idea what Rich was thinking for this one, um, so I'm just going to share my thoughts on this. So I think that for this year, again, he's going to be a good option um, as a a flex consideration, but I think that's it. I don't think he's going to be anything else ever. Um, you've still got Adam Thielen there, and you've got Justin Jefferson, obviously. Um, Adam Thielen is getting older now, but I think once Adam Adam Thielen goes, then KJ Osborne is probably just going to be stuck at where he is now. I don't think that the Vikings will trust um, KJ Osborne to step up into um, 
Thielen's shoes and try and perform some of that role. Then they'll just bring a new guy in. Um, so, yeah, I, I would love for KJ Osborne to be that guy to step up, but I just don't see it for the future. So moving on to the AFC, um, AFC North, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals to start off with. Um, the team that went from the worst team in the um, NFL having the 101 to, or not the worst team in the NFL, but having a very early pick um, and to, to go into a team that went to the Super Bowl and um, we watched them in the Super Bowl in London at the Five Yard Rush slash um, Warrior Bowl meetup Super Bowl party. Um, which was great fun. You should look out for that this year if there is one. But anyway, the Bengals, I'll start off with my player once again. I'll start with T. Higgins, wide receiver nine right now in ADP. I think he's a great performer, but if that offense regresses, which a lot of people think will happen, um, then I want to know whether T. Higgins suffers more so than you'd expect. Looking at the stats in the background, I don't know whether that is the case. I think that he'll just move down equally with everyone else. Chase, a a stat that I was quite surprised about was Jamar Chase did better in games with Higgins than without Higgins. Um, It was a small sample size, going off 14 games to three. Um, But there there was a four... Uh, a six point points per game difference in PPR, sorry. So I think that shows that T Higgins is a great asset for the Bengals and that they are always going to try and get Higgins involved in that offense um, and in every game. But I still, I'm cautious about what T Higgins is going to do. He's currently wide receiver nine as the wide receiver two on his own team. Um, he had great uh, games, don't get me wrong. And he, he isn't hugely touchdown dependent. So I think that also plays a good role and a, is a good signifier that T Higgins isn't going to regress as much if the offense does regress as a whole. But I also still wary about the offense regressing a little bit compared to what they did last year. Um, if they don't, then T Higgins wide receiver nine, I can see that going up even more, which from wide receiver nine on, on um, as a wide receiver two on his own team is, is incredible. Rich's player for the Bengals is Joe Mixon um, running back 11 in PP um, in um DLF ADP. Mixon is a guy that, again, I'm struggling with a lot of these guys. That's why I'm bringing them up is um, I don't really know what to do with him. He's he's on the older side now. He's um, I'm just going to check, <laughs> check his age. Um, I think he's 26, but I want to double check that. Yeah, he is 26, so... He, he's in that range, like I spoke about with Dalvin Cook and uh, Nick Chubb and a few other guys, where I think it's getting to a point where no one really knows what who to pick and where to go in that range because they're all older than the dynasty community likes to to pick from. Everyone likes the younger 
um, 20, or what should we say, 20 to 24, 25 year old running backs. As running back 11, I think he's priced about right. I'd probably take Nick Chubb over him, but that's still, that's more down to situation that right now than it is to future, future years. I think Joe Mixon is going to have a great season again. Um, we've seen the injury concerns, but I think he's got past that now. Um, obviously, no one really knows whether a player is going to get injured in the upcoming season, but he's shown that he can stay healthy for a full season, which was his biggest question mark. Uh, similar to Dalvin Cook, injuries really played his career. So I think Mixon now has shown that, and that's where the ADP is coming from. Um, Equally, I think that these type of guys are all um, much of a muchness. You can pick whoever you want in this range and you can have arguments over of having one over the other um, at any point. I mean, looking at guys around this ADP, you've got Cook at RB8, Derrick Henry at RB9, which I'm surprised about, uh, Brees Hall at RB10 that we've already spoken about, you got Joe Mixon, obviously RB11, Chubb at 12, and then uh, Kamara down at 14, uh, Aaron Jones at 15. So those type of guys, you're all you're basically trying to pick who is going to outproduce everyone else in the next few years. Um, my money is on Aaron Jones, but I think there's an argument for any single one of them. Moving over to Cleveland, we'll start. Um, with the Browns, so Ari Cooper, wide receiver 34, is richest player now. Looking at his contract, it's cuttable at any point over the next three years. So he's a, he's in a similar sorry he's in a similar situation to um, Dalvin Cook right now. I think that he could be great with um, Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to speak about Deshaun Watson off the field. I'm purely speaking about him on the field. Um, and when he is on the field, I think Amari Cooper is going to be a top 12 back. He's got that type of upside in any given week, or if not even higher top five, top three, could even say top one upside in any given week. Um, and as wide receiver 34, I think the age is playing into that a little bit at the moment. Um, and the fact that his current situation where Brissett is going to be throwing him the ball for the first um, 12 games um, or 11 games, I think it's 11 because I think the bye week, uh, the Browns have a bye week. But I definitely think that that is playing into his current price. So if you're a win now team, um, Amari Cooper could be a great buy. But at the same time, don't know whether you're getting him at wide receiver 34 prices in a trade right now. I think you're still having to pay a first, if not a little bit more, to try and get him, especially if you're trying to get him off another team that that uh, thinks they're a contender, which most teams, unless they're in a clear rebuild, will think that they're a contender um, at this point in the season before week one. So, yeah, Amari Cooper, a great piece, but you've just got to be wary that he can go and not be on the Browns at any point in the next three years. Um, so 
you've just got to take that risk if you do want him. Nick Chubb is my player. So running back 12, as we've already mentioned, he is uh, 26 years old, but his contract is secure till the end of 2023. And then the Browns will need to make a decision. And I think that Chubb is going to be that guy that is either going to fall off in 2023 or he's going to probably get another extension at the end of 2023. Um, it's just going to be one of those two. I don't think that he'll play the 2024 season on that current contract. Um, I do think that the Bears, oh, the the Browns, sorry, will look at moving on in some way, shape, or form. Um, because there's a 12 million dollar saving now. That that's a decent size saving for a running back, um, especially if they can get one in the draft. So. Nick Chubb, um, I think right now is a, a great um, option, especially with Brissett. I think the Browns are going to try and run the ball a lot more um, than if Deshaun Watson is playing. But as I said, this whole landscape is messy for the running back positions in Dynasty around this mark, so running back eight onwards, because um, you're either looking at long-term players are you looking at win now options there are risky win win now options so um there's not much more for me to add on that so let's move on to the ravens so richard bateman is rich's player guy that i wanted to speak about anyway so i'm glad that rich put him in here um I personally have Bateman in to- inside of my top 24. I think I've got him around my wide receiver 20. Um, but at ADP is currently going as wide receiver 23. Um, so I'm a little bit ahead, but not too much. I truly believe in a, ble- a breakout year for him. Um, the Ravens traded away Hollywood Brown, who was the wide receiver one there. Um for a first round pick from the Cardinals. So I think that speaks to the amount of belief that they have in Bateman being that top guy, that wide receiver one that they they think he can be. Um last year wasn't stellar by any means. He had he was the wide receiver 47 in total points in games where he played. So in the split between week six and eighteen, um he was in total points wide receiver 47. So not horrendous, but not great um, from a first-round rookie receiver. Lamar was injured for six of the last eight games of the season. So um, Bateman did only play with him for, I think it was only six or five or six games. But he he still think that Bateman is going to be a really good wide receiver this year. Remember, Hollywood Brown was um, active for all of those games where Bateman played. So it's going to be interesting to see Bateman, especially if he doesn't take off, because then that raises more questions rather than if he does have this breakout year that a lot of people have kind of pinned Bateman to have. Then I think that um, it's going to be become an interesting conversation anyway. Um. During the games where Bateman played without Lamar, he scored two less PPR points. So um, when we're looking at the split for Bateman, that is a significant drop. Um, 
that is over a 20% drop in PPR points because there, there wasn't many PPR points to go around. That offense um, moved more to the run-heavy side uh, when Lamar went down and um, had a lot more injuries around there, um, especially with that type of defense, because last year they got absolutely hammered with injuries on defense. But without Hollywood, I think that Bateman is just going to be that type of breakout that everyone can, can, can kind of see coming. Um, but aren't properly um, properly valuing right now. Moving on to my player, which is going to be Lamar Jackson, QB6, which I think is pretty cheap for him. I've currently got him as QB3 um, in my ranking. So I think that the contract extension not being signed, uh, not being a done deal between him and the Ravens is a... A massive part to why he's QB6 right now because he's currently got um, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow ahead of him um, in ADP, which is completely fair if you're worried about that contract situation, what he's going to do at another team. But I think that regardless of wherever he goes, he is going to be a top five quarterback in the dynasty. Um, I think any given year he can be um he's shown that he can be the quarterback one in the ravens offense i don't think that changes regardless of wherever he goes um maybe he doesn't run as much in a different offense but i still think that he's going to be um a guy that if you bring in as a team if you bring lamar jackson in you're going to try and scheme ways to get him in the open field rather than just making him try and throw the ball 10 times um 10 more times in the uh, passing game. I just, I can't see a world way bring in Lamar Jackson and then don't utilize, um, utilize that rushing attack. So moving on to the very last team. So it is a shorter episode, obviously, because you don't have me and Rich arguing um, over players this week. We're moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll start off with Rich's player, which is George Pickens, wide receiver 41 in ADP. I have no idea what Rich was going to say on Pickens, but he was a guy that I loved on tape. Um, I couldn't get him up in my um, rookie model. Unfortunately, he was, uh, I believe, he was like the wide receiver nine in the rookie rankings and then moved up to wide receiver eight um, after the draft. I just couldn't get him any higher and I wanted him higher because I loved his tape, but the production um, for me anyway, didn't match up um, as well as I'd wanted it to. What I, I, I'm stuck on George Pickens, another guy that I'm stuck on. Um, I feel like that's all I've said this episode, but I think this could be a peak and I'm not saying it is the peak. This is not going to be his peak value. Um, but I think that this is going to be a peak in terms of short-term value. I think that um, he could, his season's going to go one of two ways. He's going to become the wide receiver three um, in in uh, scenario one. He's the wide receiver three in that offense with whatever that quarterback situation is going to be. It looks like um, we've seen news today that the Steelers messed up on their uh, 
depth chart release and they put Pickett behind Mason Rudolph. So um, Trubisky is the the quarterback one on the depth chart. He's still not being told or being announced as the starting quarterback, but everyone is expecting that. Um, and then Pickett is the quarterback two and Mason Rudolph the the three. But whatever happened with those three quarterbacks during the season, I think that Pickens could be that wide receiver three option where um, he kind of is what Claypool was, where he may have a boom week here or there, but he won't show enough consistently to warrant a massive jump in value. And he could be a sneaky buy now option. Um, Or he could go the other way and outperform Claypool because Claypool has shown some um, some hard-headed moments in the NFL, um, like celebrating when they needed to get the uh, the spike off in in a game close at the end in the fourth quarter, um, and then got chewed out by a lot of his teammates on the field straight after that play. Um, I think that George Pickens could jump ahead, and I think that that is a very reasonable thing to assume. Um, ADP is showing that right now, so um, I'm going to tell you my my player is Chase Claypool. I've ended up starting to speak to him, uh, speak about him a lot anyway. Um, so I'll just speak about them together. But he Claypool's going eight spots behind Pickens right now. I think that is quite telling how the dynasty community views Claypool and Pickens together. They they think that Pickens is going to be one, the long-term option, and two, probably going to do better this year. Um, personally, I think Pickens is primed for a poor stretch at the start of the season. Um, and I'm talking like not four, five games like I spoke about Watson earlier. I think that he's going to have a great few or a, a, a great stretch where you could buy buy as a low point and have this poor stretch for like eight games maybe. Um, but then I think right now, if you're paying for him, you're probably paying for a, th- a 23 first or even more. Um, but that's scenario one anyway. Scenario two is Pickens becomes this great player that, outperforms Claypool as I said just and just becomes like a a second option essentially kind of like what you saw from uh, Juju Smith-Schuster when he was in um, Pittsburgh with um, Antonio Brown in the height of Antonio Brown's career I think you could see that type of jump where he's essentially a uh, 1B to Deontay Johnson's 1A in that offense which if if that is the case, buying now is obviously the right choice. Um, I just think that with Pickens, you can't really go either way. Um, I don't really know how to put this. I think that Pickens is a guy that you just need to make your mind up on and whichever way you go, you've just got to go full steam ahead on it. I don't think you can sit in the middle. I'm personally on the side that I think he's going to have a poor stretch. Could probably buy him for maybe two sec, two twenty three seconds during the season, um, and then in future years, Pickens becomes that first rounder, um, and that's probably where I'm selling him. But 
I think that you're having to wait until 2023 when Claypool becomes a free agent and when Deontay Johnson's contract is a bit more unstable in terms of um, cutability. So I think Pickens is a great guy if you want to buy now or a great guy if you want to buy in six weeks' time when it's week six and he's not really shown much. Equally, I think that if he has that boom week, like like Clay, you know, Chase Claypool did, he could be Chase Claypool 2.0 where he has that boom week and then um, everyone picks him up or wants to trade for him and uh, the price goes through the roof. Um, a bit more on Claypool now because I spoke about pickings and went around in circles on that one. Um, I think that Claypool is very tough to value right now. You've got two more years in um, in Pittsburgh, but you've just seen Pickens um, been drafted and Deontay Johnson signed to an extension for the next two years. So I think that kind of shows that Claypool is going at the end of this year, or if he shows out, then I think that they will probably cut Deontay Johnson, which is, um, or try and trade Deontay Johnson, which is a surprising thing I, I didn't think I'd hear me say. But if De- if Chase Claypool shows up and then George Pickens shows up, I don't think they've got any need for them to have um, Deontay Johnson as well if those two are playing as top receivers. Um but I don't see that as a, a feasible possibility. I think Claypool um, right now is a weird, weird guy because he's going as wide receiver 49, but last year is the wide receiver 37 in season long scoring. I think right now you're probably not even, you're probably looking at a second if you're selling and you're probably having to buy in for two seconds. Um, I don't think you can buy and sell for the same price at the moment um so yeah it's, it's just that whole wide receiver room is a weird situation I, the only one i really feel comfortable with is deontay johnson which obviously makes sense that deontay johnson's um adp which will be in the top 15 um but that is the end of our um, around the league in four pods I am sorry that this one was a little bit more me just talking than there wasn't much else um, to it. We are um, finalising, myself and Rich are finalising our in-season show sheet, so our in-season structure, which means we will be coming back to the mailbag, so we'll be sending a tweet out um, every every week i don't i haven't settled on a date yet but we'll be sending out a tweet um so you can get your dynasty questions in so have a look at at five yard dynasty um on twitter and you can send us your uh weekly dynasty question and we'll try and uh we'll try and answer them on the pod depending on how many we get obviously but that is all from uh, myself guys so that's all we have on the show so we'll be back next week at eight o'clock hopefully rich will be back as well um, but until next week guys stay safe and have a great weekend brush nation
HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.